machine learning. <clears throat> Why do some ideas stick? Um, made to stick. Why some ideas survive and others die? To uh, strip an idea down to its core, we must become masters of exclusion. We must relentlessly prioritize. <clears throat> so, um, um, that goes back to some different sayings, like uh, less is more. For example, um, the masters of exclusion are removing um, things that are not important or um, prioritizing and removing lower priority ideas until you get to a core idea. To gain attention for an idea, we must become counterintuitive. We must generate curiosity and interest for the idea. And um, I like that idea because <clears throat> um, the people generally won't just take a good idea and uh, build on it, but uh, you have to market that idea and uh, create uh, interest in it. And uh, uh, it may not even be intuitive that the idea is good, but um, uh, we, it says we must be counterintuitive. And uh, so by generating that curiosity, uh, we have to build that image in the person's mind um, and also build on what they already know in terms of brand. And um, the more knowledgeable you become, the less intuitive the communication for the subject matter. Intellectual isolation forms a barrier between us and them. And that that's so true. Um, I see this more and more as I get deeper into machine learning and AI. It's, um, um, I understand the data and the communication that the classifiers and the um, deep learning uh, linear regressors and classifiers are telling me, but um, communicating that information um, is becomes more and more difficult. And um, so then you start uh, partitioning into groups that uh, you understand, um, you relate with, uh, um, communicate ideas effectively. And, um, but as you get more specialized, the more specialized you become, the less, uh, the less common area you have. And so finding, going back and generating this interest for the idea is very important that you can distill the information down to, um, something that other people can relate to. And it has to occur in terms of an action, um, as previously stated, that an idea without an action uh, would be meaningless. And so um, you have to um, be able to translate your ideas into actions. And, and that's also very true of anything with machine learning, AI automation, is that those ideas are, are great, they're academic, they're statistical, they work, but unless it yields to an action, they're really quite futile. We must explain our ideas in terms of human actions, in terms of sensory information, mission statements, synergies, strategies, visions. They are often ambiguous to the point of being meaningless. And uh, that that's critical. Um, I've read some books where 
the company has actually gone back to their mission statement and translated things, the processes, uh, guidelines in their company back to the mission statement. So then that the mission statement is translating to action. Uh, they used the founding father's uh, mission statement for uh, custom, customer care, and uh, they were able to uh, effectively transform the way they were treating their customers and meeting their customers' needs um, back to the mission statement. So, um, and so they removed some of the um, barriers that exist between them and the customer and were able to improve profits. Sticky ideas have to carry their own credentials. Um, and that that's so true is that they do have to carry their own credentials. It has to work. It has to be better than the, it's a competing products. Um, Drucker says for acceptance, it has to be 10 times better. So those, those uh, credentials, those proofs um, have to be better. So if you were comparing, for example, Keras uh, Deep Learning to PyTorch, PyTorch has to be significantly better, easier to set up, uh, more tools for visualization. It has to have greater capability, um, more adoption into the AI community to displace Keras and uh, TensorFlow. People have to feel something before they uh, care about an idea. We are wired to feel things for people and not abstractions. Sometimes the hard part is to find the right emotion to harness. Yeah, and you know it. Uh, it's so true that uh, that we have to find that right um, emotion to harness, and uh, that emotion could be peace. It could be tranquility. It could be anger. It could be love. Um, it could be greed. It could be fear. Um, whatever that emotion is. Um, that will generate a sense to get someone to feel something they care about, an idea. Um, maybe it's to help the welfare of the other person. That's a strong motivation to want to help a person to better their life um, by providing some service. Telling stories prepares people to respond more quickly and effectively. Um, and uh, sometimes logic is hard to um, convince a person that the logic is correct and uh, even though you go through the logic it um, it may not be persuasive but sometimes if you take the same logic and apply it to a story um, it relates personally to the individual it um, you can highlight uh, different conclusions, and you can help the person understand where, um, how the logic could apply in terms of an action, and uh, and then they once they get that concept, that small concept into their mind, uh, that may lead to other additional uh, actions. I remember I one time showed my dad. Uh, a book on it was on fuel cells, 
And it was something like the Mad Scientist uh, Guide for Fuel Cells. And we talked about it, and I was telling him I wanted to build a fuel cell uh, to generate electricity for the home and uh, use, uh, uh, use like, uh, different chemicals and stuff to combine to build the fuel cell uh, so that it would uh, generate electricity. And uh, I, I gave him the book. It was a small book, and he, he read the whole thing. Uh, that night he he reads really fast, and uh, then he set out, inspired him to uh, uh, start working on a, on his truck. He had a little Toyota truck, and he wanted to see if he could get that truck to run on gas vapor. So, he worked on different uh, chemical compounds to break apart the hydrocarbons covalent bonds on the gas and increase the fume rate that the gas would generate. And uh, he was able to put some different pipes and uh, connect it up for the fumes to get into the carburetor. And, and, uh, and he was able to run his truck um, just off fumes. <clears throat> and, uh, and uh, one of the, it was working really well, and uh, he was trying to get it um, to not uh, condense the gas, water vapor. And my sister said that that was one of the barriers that he faced is that uh, that there was a lot, there's water vapors that that affected the combustion rate. But he was able to drive it running on fumes, and so you know it didn't have a lot of power, but um, he probably could have won the uh, the auto prize for 100 miles per gallon uh, based on, on his work he was working on. I know that other people have done things like uh, uh, pressurize their gas and then uh, get the gas into a form of plasma and then inject that into the um, carburetor area and, and get the higher mileage. So these are, so it's interesting how just a thought or a, a little idea spawned a lot of action. He worked on that project for a couple of years, and then uh, and then he gave up on it. But uh, so those are sometimes uh, uh, sparking an idea can generate a lot of action. Once we know something, we find it hard to imagine what it was like not knowing it. And I think that's true with AI and uh, machine learning is uh, once we get start creating these complex pipelines, um, like, uh, for example, where they have multiple input pipelines that are moving into uh, dense, la uh, dense layer networks that set up our models um, where we can have multiple inputs and multiple outputs, uh, we can have linear classifiers and we can have categorical classifiers. And uh, those inputs can be, um, uh, they can be CNN or um, long-term short memory, LTSMs. Um, they might be reoccurring networks. And uh, there might be other um, deep learning networks that are taking their output and stacking them on top of other input layers. And... Uh, um, 
or in that middle layer. And so um, we could we could see that the I could see in the future that the, you could have these uh, very complex networks, and uh, and uh, once they get working, um, you don't want to be modifying them much because it'd be hard to isolate and then uh, repair it. But uh, maybe in the future things will become more visual and that we can see the outputs of and in real time as they feed into uh, different inputs, layers uh, of other networks. And uh, it would be difficult at that point to ever imagine not running your automation using deep uh, learning networks. It is, and it becomes difficult for us to share our knowledge with others because we cannot recreate our listeners' state of mind. So that would be the challenges to um, try to recreate the intent of the original designer's architecture, um, the topology of the network, and to um, integrate or expand or repair part of the network in the future. So reversing the process is nearly impossible. And I think, yeah, I think that the, if it breaks, then you just uh, restart over and rebuild the architecture.